Hello, hello everyone, it's Kiera, and welcome back to another episode of Rewind and Rewatch. Alright, so I'm really sorry about how late this episode's coming out. I've just been hanging out with my family all day today. Today is my parents' 22nd anniversary. How wonderful is that, right? Alright, I know y'all are ready for me to just get into today's episode, so let's go. Today we're talking about episode 11 of As Told by Ginger. Today's episode is titled The A Ticket, and the story is by Emily Kapnick and Sheila Anthony. Okay, before I start giving the play-by-play of today's episode, I have to do a little disclaimer about how I'm going to change it up a little bit. Today I'm going to break up the storylines. Normally I cut back and forth between Ginger and Carl's storyline, most of the time just because they intersect in some way. But today's storylines don't intersect at all. Ginger's going through her own thing and Carl's going through his own thing and they don't even interact in this episode at all. So I'm going to start with Ginger because it starts off with Ginger's storyline and I'll end it with Carl because the story ends with Carl. But first I'm just going to go through everything that happens with Ginger and then I'll go through everything that happens with Carl. So with that being said, today's episode begins with Macy, Dodie, and Ginger going through the lunch line, talking about their new class schedules. And Dodie is worried about having Mr. Celia for chemistry, but Ginger is like, no, he's the coolest. And Dodie has to tell her that she only likes Mr. Celia because she's a teacher's pet. And to the rest of them, he's the toughest teacher. And as if to prove her point, Mr. Celia comes by and he says to Ginger, how's my favorite student? And Ginger's kiss butt self says she's hoping to have him for chemistry. And then Dodie and Macy just kind of look at her like, I told you so. And Ginger's like, what? I was just being friendly. <laughs> um, at the lunch table, they're about to open their schedule letters. And Ginger's excited about getting Mr. Celia. And as Darren comes to sit down and join them, he's talking about how he has Mr. Celia for chemistry as well. And then Ginger's crush comes by, Ian Richton. We've seen him a couple of times and we've heard about him in a couple of episodes, but today's episode is kind of centered around him. Um, anyways, he comes by the table and he's talking to Darren and he's warning him about like not eating the hot dogs. And the funny thing is I had something similar happen to me. Well, no one warned me about not eating. It was a corn dog. No one warned me about eating it. But I remember taking off the breaded part of the corn dog. Don't know why, because you're just supposed to bite into a corn dog. But I took off the breaded part and I remember seeing that there were green splotches on the hot dog part. And this happened in like middle school and I've never eaten a corn dog since. Also because I'm vegan now, but for most of my life, I wasn't. So yeah, I haven't touched a corn dog since. Anyways, Ian is talking about how he has to maintain a B average to stay on the soccer team. And Darren is like, good to see they're finally cracking down on you jocks. And I want to know, did y'all have any teachers that gave like special treatment to the student athletes? I don't think it was a thing at my school. And if it was, I just don't remember, especially not middle school, but I'm thinking more like high school range. I know my sister, she had some horror stories from her school. So I'm just wondering if that was the same for y'all. Anyways, Ginger didn't say anything that entire time that Ian was there. And after he leaves, Dodie tells Ginger that the crush is getting a little pathetic. And honestly, I wish someone would have told me that when I had my ridiculous crush on someone for two freaking years in middle school. Oh, God. It's funny now, but mm, at the time, it felt like, I don't know. <laughs> um... Darren offers to see if Ian feels anything for her and Ginger quickly says no and that she'd rather and Dodie just interrupts her and she's like, suffer? 
And Ginger's like, yeah, it's a choice. And I'm like, girl, you know what? You're right. It is a choice. I chose that choice too. <laughs> In Ginger's chemistry class, Mr. Celia decides to pair people up for the duration of the class. And Courtney's worried about being paired with Miranda. And Miranda's not paying any attention to her because she's staring at Ian because Miranda also has a crush on Ian. But I want to know if y'all had that same like anxiety stage about being paired up with someone for a class, because I always hated having to do like group projects. And if I wasn't in a class where any of my friends were, I have to make friends just for that class period. And it was just annoying. And it was always something I had to overcome every time I was in a class. But you know, it got easier by college. <laughs> Anyways. Miranda is preoccupied. She's staring at Ian. And then Mr. Celia starts naming out the pairs. So Dodie gets paired with Courtney, which she's so freaking excited about. And she's like, you know, Courtney's her inspiration, basically. So she's ecstatic. Miranda gets paired with Macy, even though she was secretly hoping to be paired. Not even secretly. This girl was whispering and holding her fingers crossed, hoping to be paired with Ian. But she gets paired with Macy instead. And now Ginger, dun, 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 not really a big surprise, but she gets paired with Ian. And like all of the main characters do this dramatic gasp and everyone's like, oh my gosh. And Ian is very excited and he says yes multiple times. And we find out why he's so happy about being paired with Ginger because in the locker room, he's talking to one of the soccer players. Um, That soccer player is telling Ian how unlucky it is that he has Celia for chemistry, but Ian tells the guy that he's not worried because he has Ginger Foutley as his lab partner and that she's his A ticket. Ugh. And then the guy's like, oh yeah. The other soccer player is like, oh my gosh, yeah. And then they do this douchey handshake with each other and they leave. Uh, it was such an annoying thing to find out that Ginger's about to get her feelings hurt because this guy is a nuisance. I mean, just like, can you believe that guy? I mean, actually, it's believable. It just sucks that he's using Ginger. So freaking annoying. And then Darren comes around the corner, and obviously he overheard them talking. And I wish they would have showed him sticking up for Ginger and, like, coming out from the shadows and being like, yeah, you're a douche for even thinking that, or you're a douche for that's the only reason why you wanted to be paired with Ginger. But no, he just kind of comes out from the shadows after they leave, and you see him conflicted and, like, putting his head against the locker. Cutting to the next day, they're in the hallway and Dodie is asking Macy what she thinks of her outfit. And Dodie thinks that looking chic means like looking like a news anchor woman for some reason. I, there's like no happy medium for her. She's always either dressed her age or if she wants to dress up, she dresses in a suit. And that's what she's wearing right now. And she's only dressing like this because she's trying to impress Courtney because she's obsessed with Courtney's opinion. In chemistry class, Courtney decides to help Ginger out by giving her a pair of pink goggles to help her look better because you know you have to wear eyewear where you're doing like lab experiments and <laughs> Courtney thinks that the eyewear that they've been given, like the goggles they've been given to wear in class are ugly and she's trying to help her like get Ian basically. So she's like, yeah, there are goggles, but then there are these pink goggles. And so she gives them to Ginger to help her like look the part of cute scientist or whatever. When Darren comes in the class, Dodie's asking for a guy's opinion on how Ginger looks and if it's going to impress Ian. And Darren's still holding on to the secret of Ian's actual intentions. He blows them off and just because he doesn't know what to say to them. And I'm just annoyed that he's kept this to himself so far. The middle school boys in this episode are being really annoying. 
Anyways, Ian and Ginger, they're both at their little lab table and they reach for the Bunsen burner lighter at the same time. And he tries giving it to Ginger, but she's like, no, go ahead. And this fool tries to light the Bunsen burner, but he can't figure out how to work it. And he's looking around at everyone and then he gets mad at himself that he can't figure it out. And then Ginger finally tells him that the gas isn't on. And more stuff like this happens, um, like how he doesn't know to read the temperature in Celsius when Ginger asks him, like, what's the temperature and how hot it is. And then she asks him to take notes, but... He tells Ginger that she's so much better at it, and he's just really living up to his potential as that stereotypical jock. The next day at lunch, Ginger is sitting with Ian, and she's showing him this trick of picking up ice with a string, and she has the ice on a plate, and the string is touching the ice, and then she pours salt on both, and that creates some kind of bond, allowing the ice to stick to the string, and then she's able to pick it up, and okay, so I tried this trick just to see if it would work, and it didn't work for me. Maybe I was doing it wrong. Actually, I don't really see how I could screw this up, but it didn't work for me. The ice did stick to the plate though. And I'm interested if y'all have any luck working this, if y'all are interested in trying this in the first place, I'm wondering if it works for you. Anyways, Ian's impressed. And then he thanks Ginger for letting him copy her notes. And he says that the coach has been writing them extra hard and giving them extra practices and that it's been hard for him to keep up. And Ginger's like, actually, it's been really busy for me too. But the work gets done, Ian. And Ian's like, yeah, you're right. I just need to be more like you and less like me. And oh, that scene just pissed me off so much because two things. The first is that he just expects things to be handed to him and he doesn't actually want to put in the work to get his crap done. Second is that he does that thing that guys will do sometimes when they're like, yeah, I should be better, but they never attempt to be better. Just annoying. Ugh. Ian leaves the table though and Darren comes over and he's trying to tell Ginger about him, but then Dodie and Macy come over and they're bombarding her with questions and gushing over the whole interaction. And then Ginger's like, wait, you guys, Darren has something to tell me. And she gives Darren the floor to say his thing about Ian, but... I guess he gets nervous and feels awkward because he just says never mind and leaves. Back in Mr. Celia's class, he tells Ian and Ginger that they're on the road to an A and Ian is happy about that because he's a little freeloader and he repays Ginger by giving her his athlete jacket, which you can't see it, but the biggest eye roll that could ever eye roll just happened and I'm just annoyed. Mm. Courtney and everyone else, they've been treating this whole thing like a soap drama to watch throughout the day for this period of class. And I should tell you that uh, Courtney and Miranda have been communicating like on the phone. I don't see how Mr. Celia just keeps walking by Courtney and Miranda on the phone with each other, talking about the drama that's happening with Ian and Ginger. But yeah, that's what just keeps happening back and forth between them. And everyone else is treating this like this some kind of drama. Okay, but finally on the way home after school, Macy, Ginger, and Dodie are talking about how big of a deal it is that Ian gave her the jacket and Darren rides by them on his bike and they basically have to scream to get him to come back. And Dodie is like going on and on about it, Ian and Ginger, until finally, finally freaking Lee, Darren has enough and he spills the beans about why Ian wanted Ginger as a partner. And I'm glad he finally told them, but he really should have come clean earlier. Goodness. Ginger is upset, justifiably, and she says that the next time they're in class, she's just going to let Ian do everything and see how he likes being made full of. And I'm with this plan. It works beautifully. All right, so here it is. The next day in chemistry, Mr. Celius springs a pop quiz on everyone, and it's worth 15% of their grade. And 
Ian is struggling because Ginger decides to sit back, like she said, and hasn't done a thing to help him. And she just keeps criticizing him on everything that he's doing wrong. And honestly, it's the best thing to watch. Finally, Ian is like, what's up with you? And he's like, we'll fail. And Ginger's like, no, you'll fail. And then she confronts him about using her. And she tells him that she's just disappointed in the fact that he wasn't honest from the beginning. And then in the end, they end on a good note and Ginger helps him get a good grade because also it's her grade. So she ends up like pitching in, but their dynamic has changed. And that is how Ginger's storyline ends. So now we're going to cut to Carl's storyline. And Carl's story begins in his music class. His music teacher is asking Carl, Hoodsey, and Brandon if they've heard of Ludlow Krantz. I think I said that right. Ludlow Krantz. And Carl and Hoodsey, they immediately like start describing things about him and they just keep going back and forth. And they're like, he has an eye patch. He has a wooden leg. He has six fingers. And then they both say, he's my idol. And of course, they would be fascinated by this man. Um, and then their teacher says that Ludlow went to Lucky Elementary and that he played the glockenspiel in the band, which is why they're playing the glockenspiel also. And I've never heard of a glockenspiel until this show. It, it looks like a big xylophone to me. Anyways, apparently this Ludlow guy, he composed a solo for someone to perform in front of him. And since it's a solo, only one of them gets the chance to perform. And Carl is like, wow, Hoodsy and I will have to compete against each other. And they have to compete because their teacher has made it a competition between the three of them to choose who would be the one to do the solo. But after Carl says that, Brandon clears his throat as if to say, hello, I'm also competing. And Carl's looking at him like, you're not even competition, dude. <laughs> Uh, cutting to after school, Carl and Hoodsy, they're in the doghouse showing off their glockenspiel practices to each other. And Carl is saying, like, someone has to be the loser. And Hoodsy wants to know why it has to be him, which is valid because Carl treats Hoodsy like he's the sidekick that doesn't matter most of the time. So I'm really happy when Hoodsy, like, tells Carl that he's not backing down and he'll see him at the competition. All right. Now, at the competition, the teacher has set up these curtains and... Uh, it makes his choosing process not biased because he doesn't know who's behind the curtain. He'll just hear them play. And later in the episode, we find out that Brandon has won the competition. And Hoodsy tells Carl that he understands that they're not talking to each other. But it's unfair that Brandon gets the solo when they're the ones that worship the ground that Ludlow Krantz spits on. Which, it's a new expression that I've heard, but it's very fitting for them. Uh, worship the ground that someone spits on. Because normally you say walks on. Yeah. So they changed it for spits on. Anyways, Hoodsy starts to walk out the room and stops because he says that in the good old days, they wouldn't have let this stand. And then Carl's like, you're right, Hoodsy, except Hoodsy walks away before he could hear Carl say that. Okay, so now at the performance that Brandon is giving, it's going okay until this weird fog comes in and this yellow stuff starts coming from the ceiling. And Brandon's scared because they have a projector of a ghost on the screen. And then Carl and Hitsy come down from the rafters and Brandon calls them freaks. And then he says he should have known that they would have pulled something like this. And then Ludlow Krantz comes up the stairs to the stage and he has to drag his wooden leg as he's coming up. And he asks Brandon if he's suggesting that people who are different are freaks. And then we watch as Brandon like trips over his words and freaks out. And then Ludlow falls like he's dead. And Carl tells Brandon to go get help. But Brandon says no, because everything is too weird. And that's just so crazy to me, because how are you not going to help someone when they need it? You're just going to let them sit there and die? 
Brandon really needs to be glad that uh, this Ludlow Kranz guy is just actually weird and doesn't mind scarring little children because he pretends to die. He pretended like he had some kind of complication and he just falls to the ground, scaring these kids. But when he gets up, Carl's like, I knew you were faking it, even though he was just attempting CPR a minute ago. And I'm like, sure, Carl, you knew he was faking it. <laughs> Anyways, Ludlow asks what the yellow goo was that was sprinkling down from the ceiling. And Carl says, oh, that's the grossest thing. Carl says that it's his eye goo collection. And I want to gag every time I think about it. Like, oh, I've been eating gumbo all day and that's all I want to throw up now. Ugh, it's just gross. Anyways, coming to an ending of this episode, it ends with Carl and Hoodsy going to Ludlow's house for tea because along with getting the chance to perform in front of him they were invited over to his house for tea so they're over there and they ring his doorbell and then a trap door opens up from beneath them and they fall into the secret room and as i'm saying all of this i realized how we would be looking at this sideways in today's climate but this episode ends out with ludlow inviting them for tea through an intercom through like this mounted deer in the room and Carl and Hidzi are like, that's so cool because you know, they're weird and they like the weirdness. Okay. So now that we've done the rewind and rewatch portion of the pod, it's time for reflections. All right. Now I'm going to start by rating this episode. This is a hard one because this episode, I liked it more than the last two. And so I think it's better than three stars and like three and a half stars, but it's not worth four stars. So I decided to give it three and three quarters. I feel like that's fair. <laughs> um, I really like this episode mainly because of Ginger's storyline, but I'm going to start with the lessons that I got from Carl's storyline because, you know, save the best for last and all that. So I think the main takeaway from Carl's storyline is that being normal is overrated. And we see how much Brandon keeps bashing Carl and Hoodsy for being weird. In the end, Carl and Hoodsy, because they were their weird selves, get the opportunity of a lifetime to hang out with their idol. And Brandon ends up scarred by the old man that was trying to prove a point, that differences make us unique and interesting. I appreciate this and their weirdness. I've been called weird all my life, and now I wear it as a badge of honor. I mean, I've been wearing it as a badge of honor probably since high school, but uh, it doesn't affect me as the way people try to say that it's a bad thing. It's not. Okay, so I really want to move on to Ginger's storyline now because uh, I just love how much she stood up for herself, but okay, I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit. I want to first say that Darren really got on my nerves in this episode because he wasn't truthful and he wasn't that good friend that we've seen him to be. And I understand that it was hard news to tell his friend something hurtful, but keeping the truth from people only hurts them more. Once for whatever the bad news is and twice because a person that they know and love is keeping it from them. So in the end, it's just better to be honest. Uh, moving into Ginger's mega crush on Ian, I hope that's gone now because she realized that she's worth more than a guy using her. And I'm so impressed with the way she decided to get even, you know, which is not always the route to go. But in this case, it was just messing with his head a little bit and scaring him straight, just, just a wee bit. <laughs> I'm more annoyed that this Ian guy used her, but I don't want to dwell on him too much. I'm very proud of the fact that Ginger stood up for herself and she wasn't going to let a guy use her and like she wasn't going to be a doormat. Just really great that we got to see her put this guy in his place. All right. So just to recap, being weird is okay. Everyone's a little weird anyways, so it doesn't really matter. 
Um, always be honest with the people that are closest to you, especially if it's going to prevent heartbreak later. And lastly, don't let guys treat you badly and don't be afraid to defend yourself. Know your worth. So with all of that being said, I'm going to see y'all next Saturday.